Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. This is a podcast where we talk all things food, plant-based food, non-plant-based food, and everything in between. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share, and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. I'm joined this week by actress Daisy Wood Davis, who played Kim Butterfields in Hollyoaks, as well as starring in other shows such as The Rocky Horror Show and Hair. I was really excited about this conversation with Daisy as I wanted to hear about the relationship with food on sets, and I love to hear how food was such a facilitator for making memories and bringing everyone on the show together. As well as an actor, Daisy is a huge foodie, so I loved speaking to her about all things food, restaurants, plant-based and we even attempted the topic of whether you should bring up your children on a plant-based diet if you're plant-based yourself. Daisy was so so lovely and for all foodies out there this is definitely one for you as there are plenty of recommendations, recipes, all things food which I'm sure you're gonna love so let's jump straight in. Well I'm here with Daisy and I'm really really excited to hear all about her career, her food passion um, and also her views on the plant-based movement which is becoming bigger and bigger and louder and louder at the moment so yeah I'm really really interested to hear what you have to say so firstly how are you? I'm good thank you how are you? Yeah I'm really good thank you really really good. Good. So to start off with I always give people some quick fire questions just to kind of get everyone to get to know you a bit more um, what you love that kind of thing so don't think too hard about the answer. So, pizza or pasta? Pasta. Sweet or savoury? Savoury, but ideally mix the two together. Okay. (laughs) I love that. Like sweet and salty popcorn then. (laughs) Yeah, always. Uh, Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Overloaded salad. Me too. Rice or noodles? Noodles. Mm, Cook in or eat out? Oh, that is really tough. It is. I think eat out. I like. I like to consider eating out as a hobby of mine. Can that be a hobby? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I want it so. to be one of my hobbies. So I yeah. think I'm going to have to say eat out. Okay. And favorite delivery? Um, I think it all depends on how well it travels. But I yeah. think for me, I really like like faux yeah good one yeah because it all comes separately Mm. and then you put it all together so it doesn't overcook the veg yeah that's so true it's really yeah I think pho Mm -hmm. good one no one said that yet and actually I like ordering a pho Mm. Um, yeah it's a good one it's a good one (laughs) um so the first thing I want to talk about is a little bit about your career um just so the listeners get to know a bit more about who you are what you do because you have a very exciting career which I'm sure um people will be really interested to hear a bit more about yeah um so in terms of just from the beginning yeah from the beginning <laughs> okay um so I'm an actor um that originally started off in musicals so I'm an actor and singer um and I've done shows in the West End and UK tours and European tours um 
done the Rocky Horror Show, Dreamboats and Petticoats. Um, I've played Carol King in Beautiful and uh, I've been in Hair. Um, Amazing. And then TV wise, um, I have been in, I was in Hollyoaks from Mm -hmm. 2014 to 2018 playing Kim Butterfield. Um, And I was also in Holby City uh, on and off for a year. Amazing. Wow, that's such an exciting, exciting career so far. Like, that's incredible. Oh, thank you. And is, when you're doing all these different, different TV shows and, is there a culture around food whilst you're on these shows or is that not really a thing? Because me, obviously I'm not, don't know anything about the industry in terms of the, the culture there. I know in some industries there's lots of different pressures. Like, is that the case um, in, in TV world or not really? I think that there's, um, I think, I don't think there's pressures as such or at least I've not felt pressures in terms of, you know, having to look a certain way or anything like that. But mm. I think that there's, from being on set, um, there's a real sort of, you need food to keep going, obviously. Yeah. They're long days and you normally have um, a catering service uh, sort of on the set. But when you get the best food, it's when you're on location. So if you're mm. not in your usual, so for instance, in Hollyoaks, we would film everything at the studio. And then if we had like an exciting stunt or whatever that was being filmed in a field somewhere, mm-hmm. we'd get um, a catering van and the food would always be amazing. Oh, so wow. there'd be lots of talk about the food amongst the actors mm-hmm. um, if we were going to be on location and sort of getting excited for it. It would normally That's be nice. like a three-courser as well with dessert oh, and everything. Wow. That yeah, is we really didn't, cool. We didn't get that treatment back at the, <laughs> back at the studio. That is so cool. Um, do you think... Um, maybe more when you're on location, but do you think food was a nice time for everyone to kind of get together and be together and talk about other things other than being on set and your roles that you were playing? Like, was it quite, because obviously food and eating is quite a social occasion anyway. Would that kind of ha- like happen when you're on set or or not really? No, definitely. It really did. I think that's where the majority, I mean, when we were at, um sort of base we'd have a green room where everyone would eat together Mm. and that's where looking back the majority of my like really fond memories from getting to know people and just like banter and just silliness happened from Mm. the green room and that was all around food and us all eating mainly jacket potatoes for me I think I lived on jacket potatoes (laughs) from that canteen um that's a good one though easy (laughs) Well, literally, like, I've got very extensive, um, very intricate list of all my favourite foods that, that would be, like, my last meal. But actually, yeah. sometimes I think I should get rid of it all and just put a jacket potato on there. <laughs> it's a good staple that like, you can't really go wrong. And also, you can top it with so many different things. Well, exactly. And, it, and yeah, and it never lets you down, no. I think. No. Um, but what was I saying? Yeah, so I think a lot of the sort of bonding process definitely was around sort of like breaks and meal times, And of course, like at like four or five o'clock, the biscuits would come out. Oh, wow. And that got everyone excited. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone shared their excitement for the biscuits. And yeah. there was lots of discussions of what was your one like? Because there were the posh, you know, the posh ones. Oh, where, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you get different ones. So everyone would be scrambling for the ones in the tin foil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, mm. so, that's so nice. I think sometimes with 
you know, sometimes you forget how food creates so many memories. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this podcast is about everything food. So I think it's quite nice to like highlight that, you know, it's a time when everyone gets together, families, friends, like even in work, like I think that's so nice. Definitely. Um. So as well as your extensive acting career, you're also a huge foodie. So I want to talk about where where does that passion come from? Oh, that is a good question because we actually constantly debate it in my own family. Like it's oh, really? constant, it's a constant um, conversation because I am so passionate about food and I cook so much and mm. uh, dare I say a little bit of a control freak when it comes to the kitchen. Are you Likewise. the same? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I think it might be the, the negative side of being a foodie that you're yeah. just like, you don't want anyone else to cook. If Mm-mm. I watch my fiance make something, I'm like, can you chop it different? Like, what are you doing? It yeah. really, yeah, Absolutely. I want to take over. Um, but my parents aren't like that at all. And they're not particularly um, passionate cooks. Um, I mean, dare I say it, not the best cooks. Literally, likewise. <laughs> really, do you think that's maybe where it comes from? Because maybe. It, then it became your role. Like, if your mum was an amazing cook, it doesn't give you much room to sort of be that. So true, maybe, because at home, I do all the cooking. Mm. Like, I remember over lockdown, my dad would be like, what's for supper? And I'd be like, oh, or like, what's for lunch? I'm hungry. My brother used to eat different times to me. So he'd be like, oh, I'm really hungry. What's for lunch? And it's like four o'clock. And I was like, oh my God, I'm designated chef. (laughs) I did love it. I did love it. Oh yeah, I would love that. I mean, the things that we were cooking during lockdown, I look back at my photos and it was like I was on a, cookery calls what we were doing I do miss it I do miss that because it was nice it was nice wasn't it there definitely were some positives um but yeah I think you know having said that you know they're not passionate cooks whatever they do know good food and they like going to nice restaurants and I've always been lucky enough to have nice food growing up Mm -hmm. so I think that that's also it so we appreciate food but there was also like an opening within my household for me to be the cook and I very gladly stepped in yeah (laughs) likewise likewise so what would you say is your favorite thing to cook Oh, gosh, that is a really tough question. Um, I just like, to be honest, I love cooking new things. Mm. I love learning new techniques or different cuisines. And I really got into, like, I'm much more of a cook than a baker. But during lockdown, I became much more um, of a baker because I think I just had time to sort of do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, I, I can't say that there'd be one particular thing. I have like my home comforty type foods that like my family like, oh, can you make that? And yeah. like, you know, an omelette, for instance. Mm. My my nan taught me, I know we're talking about plant-based food as well, yeah. but my, my nan taught me how to make an omelette and I have literally taken the way she does it because I think everyone does it slightly differently. So true, yeah. And, you know, I cooked it for my granddad until he passed away and he was like, this is literally like your nana's omelette and oh, I think wow. my, yeah and I think the rest of like my my mum sort of feels the same that's where I got it from so I think that's sort of like my home comfort thing that I really enjoy cooking because it reminds me yeah. of her yeah yeah definitely definitely and um in terms of restaurants I know that um through looking through your Instagram and stuff and your restaurants you've got some amazing restaurants kind of like on your highlights tell me your kind of top three in London 
I know. This okay, is in, so London. Hard. in London. In London, that helps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. I'm going to kick myself later. I bet I'll get off this, uh, oh, no. this podcast and, and I'll go, oh, I should have said that one. But I'd, <laughs> off the top of my head, it would be Padella because I'm such a pasta person. Yes, I haven't been there, but I really want to go. Oh, it's amazing. It's so, so good. It's just so simple. Mm. I love the fact that it's not um, over, it's like well-priced. Mm-hmm. It's a decent amount of pasta and it's just, you don't even need anything on it, but the, what yeah. they what they offer with it is just incredible. It's making me salivate thinking about it. <laughs> um, so I'd say Padella. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say a new favourite of mine, which would probably appeal to your listeners, um, is Babala. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Yes. So I also really want to go there. And I think there's a new one as well opening in Soho, I think. Oh, great. That's good yeah. news. It's a little bit out of the way for me. Soho's yeah. better. Yeah. So I, that's on my list of like ones to go to, definitely. It's delicious. Oh, it's amazing. Um, so, and then I would say, what's been a, like a really memorable one? I mean, my fiance took me to Hyde for my oh, 30th. Yeah. Um, and we had their like tasting menu and it was amazing. Oh, wow. I've had. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. So, yeah, I think I've covered all grounds because there's something mm. a bit higher and then you've got the more everyday yeah yeah no there are I mean there's so much here in London like it is so great to try loads of different things yeah the fact that we're never going to run out of new restaurants to go to I know so this was the thing I lived in Liverpool obviously with Hollyoaks being filmed there I lived ended up living there for like seven years and I love Liverpool and the restaurant scene is incredible Mm. they've got so many amazing independent restaurants but I got to the point where I'd gone to them all. Yeah. And then when you go back, it's just not the same because you've had such an amazing experience. You can't recreate that. Exactly. So I felt really good coming back to London because I was like, now I've got a whole new world of restaurants to discover again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's kind of the same with cooking. Like I find... um, I like to cook different things all the time because when I've created something really nice, I then can't recreate it. Well, I mean, you can, but not to the same level that you've created Yeah, it's that first experience, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So now I want to quickly talk about plant-based because obviously, I mean, I'm talking from greedy vegans, so slightly biased and yeah, (laughs) I am plant-based myself, but I just find it really interesting to get other people's opinion like on the movement. And I mean, I'm presume you're not plant-based yourself or are you I, I'm sort of I like to call myself a flexitarian yeah um so I've been I've been I've, I've done periods of time where I've been vegan periods mm-hmm. of time where I've been veggie then I've gone back to pesky then I've even I mean even through lockdown I think it was a mixture of sort of boredom and the fact that there was these recipes that because I just appreciate food mm. that I really wanted to do so I, I dipped into a bit of chicken again but now yeah. I am back I'm vegetarian majority plant-based yeah but um I I think I think for me where I'm at at the moment I just enjoy um vegetarian food too much to go completely vegan yeah um but I'm really pleased that I've made the made the change and got that one step closer with cutting out meat altogether. definitely would you say it's like the cheese thing that you struggle to cut yeah yeah although saying that there's a really good there there are definitely some cheeses that hit the spot for me now Mm. that aren't that you know are vegan yeah 
Uh, yeah. Newish. Have you tried the newish one? No, I haven't. I haven't. So, oh. Really, is it good? So I've got some, I'll need to give you some actually. I've got okay. um, three brands on Greedy Vegan. So what we tend to do is we don't stock more of the same. So if I found a good cheddar, we've got one cheddar. I found a good feta, it's one feta. Like just so I always think if you try something that you don't like, there's a, a statistic where it would take you nine months to then get the courage to try something similar again. So right. I don't want to put anyone off. So I've got the one cheddar, one feta, and I've got some, yeah, really, really good brands like the I Am Not Okay. Don't know if you've heard oh, of those. Oh, I think I've heard of them. Is it, really yeah, is it made nice. with macadamia? These are cashew based. Well, oh, wow. some are cashew, some are almond, and they've got like a black truffle cheese. They've got mm. like really good cheese. The feta I love as well. Some butters, um, and I've now stocked Kinda Co. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, but they have. I've stocked their smoky range, so they've got smoked chili and a smoked, um, really nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll send you some. Them. Yeah, because yeah, they're please. really nice, really, really nice. Because a lot of people do say, "Oh, yeah, it's a cheese," and I, if you're a diehard cheese lover, I get it. Like, you know, but I think the alternatives that are coming out now are definitely a bit better than they were before. Definitely, um, they are definitely getting better. Yeah, for me, it's it's the like I love. A ch- some cheese and wine together mm, yeah so, yeah yeah and I would really I would really miss that mm. um but yeah but I've gone you know I I I planned to do veganuary and um, veganuary and I ended up going till like March uh, like beginning of March with oh, that wow. yeah until I had some cheese so mm. it was a, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be yeah I think also I think flexitarian is so good like I still eat eggs because I think it's important to like know your why as in to like why you're cutting back or not eating something and for me personally I don't have any reason not to eat eggs if like Mm. they're organic eggs and they're not battery farms and all that kind of stuff I think that they are good and they're good good for you and they're good sources of protein and like all of that kind of thing so yeah I think flexitarian is a good way to be because if the whole world went vegan I mean I don't think that would be good either yeah you're you're so yeah that's so true and I also think that's what scares people about vegans or people saying you know you should eat more vegan people don't realize that that just that you can just eat vegan food and also enjoy other food as well yeah like a lot of the time because I met I I enjoy vegan food lots of people presume that probably that I've been vegan for the past few years but it just isn't the case it's just I like vegan food so Exactly. And I also think there's so much that you can do. I mean, especially if you're a foodie and you love to cook. I mean, what you can do with vegetables is amazing. And like, I don't know, they marinate so well and like compared to meat, which I don't find as flexible. Whereas with vegetables, I find them so flexible. But I guess you just got to have the passion for it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think it's overwhelming for a lot of people, isn't it? Particularly if Mm. you're not a cook. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you've just recently had a baby boy. So congratulations. Thank Um, you. But in terms of um, bringing up like children, what's your view on how you bring them up and like on what diet and that kind of thing? Yeah, it's a constant question that I'm sort of still trying to work out, to be honest, Mm. and one that I've discussed with my partner and also like friends who have you know I've spoken to my vegan friends about it and and I don't 
I want him to a not have any intolerances mm. or allergies. And it's um, I think new research is showing now that the earlier you introduce foods, the less likely they are to develop an allergy or an intolerance. Um, so I think I want him to have obviously a healthy, easy life. And I feel like maybe I should introduce certain things to him now as I'm starting to wean him which has just started Mm. in the last few weeks um so I think definitely in terms of like dairy and cheese I will definitely introduce that to him Mm. um and I'm still unsure on what I'm doing on the meat front because obviously we don't eat meat um massively at the house some people in the house do but I don't cook it Mm. so um yeah it's a hard one but then Obviously, there is that we've all grown up with these old fashioned views of what's best for us nutritionally. And I think as an adult, you can make that decision. But it's really hard with a baby to think, Mm. am I definitely doing the right thing here? Definitely, because there's so many ways of looking at it. Because there is, if I don't cook meat in the house and therefore don't feed him meat, will he then be like craving it and be a massive meat eater because he's not had it? Exactly. But, But then if you're views are one way are you going it's really hard it is really hard hard. Mm. and then he was like but then I know plenty of yeah and I know plenty of people like I know quite a few people that are vegan plant-based that are bringing up their children um vegan and I think you know fair play I just Mm. I I I just am not confident enough at the moment to make that decision yeah I can so I'd be the same I think I think Mm. it's hard because you don't want to do anything that's gonna you know harm them in the future not that it necessarily would but you just don't know so Mm. I think it's I think it's hard I mean I was reading an article recently about a school which is um banning meat in their canteen I don't know if you heard of this yeah and so all the parents have got to um, produce packed lunches without meat or without, yeah, plant-based packed lunches for their children. And How's that gone down? don't think it's gone down very well. No, I can't no. imagine it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I get where they're coming from and I get how they're supporting that, but maybe like one day a week. But yeah. constantly, I mean, again, you're going to push children into wanting meat all the time. Yeah. And- will they then think that what their parents are doing at home is wrong and what school's doing is right or vice versa? Like, it's quite, yeah, it's quite challenging. Yeah, it's, I think that's almost too far the other way. It's like you said, if everyone's vegan, we'd probably have exactly the same issues we have, but, you know, particularly environmentally, mm. but they'd just be in a different, and I think it is just about encouraging everyone to just eat better, eat more plant-based. And when you do eat meat, if you if that's what you want to do, doing it rarely and doing it well and making sure that you're getting it from good sources and you're eating the right meats. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, because that's the other thing. Like we, if, if I was going to, you know, cook my son Asa some meat, it would be, I wouldn't, you know, make him bacon or no. steak when he's a, a baby. It would all be no. sort of white fish and chicken yeah. I guess yeah. um but yeah it's just about balance I think isn't it yeah I think that is it at the end of the day I think with all this plant-based movement being quite loud at the moment like I know I'm in the industry but it's just very everywhere you go you see buses with plant-based adverts like it's very very um yeah all consuming but I think balance yeah. is definitely the key at the end of the day you've just got to have a you know, mm. whether that's flexitarian, whether that's open to both views, whatever it is, I think, yeah, balance is, is definitely key. Yeah. Um, 
And like, what would you say your reason for plant-based be? Like, what is your reason? Would you say it's health? Would you say it's like environmental? Would you say it's a bit of both? It's definitely a bit of both. Mm. I would say it's probably, um, uh, let's say it's environmental, health, and I really like animals. Yeah. So I've always felt that really you shouldn't eat something unless you were willing to kill it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's no way I'd be ever willing to kill an animal to eat it unless I obviously had to and I was on a desert island or something stupid but in this yeah. in this society I wouldn't be able to do that so I've always felt quite guilty about um eating fish because that's mainly what I ate um mm. and then obviously on top of that environmentally I think it I think probably mostly environmentally if I'm honest yeah. because I I do get quite particularly having a son now and all the documentaries that I've watched about it and even that film did you watch the film Don't Look Up no I haven't well it's not I, I didn't even realize as I was watching it that it was actually about climate change but it's um I won't give you any spoilers okay. apart from that apart from that's not a spoiler it's better to know that I think okay but um afterwards I was just like once I realized what it was about I was like oh gosh that's really um affected me and I think um yeah like I said especially with just having my son I just thought I need to start doing something and mm. um, that that is positive for the environment yeah yeah no definitely definitely I think the more you look the more you see when it comes to the environment I think I yeah the more I just wasn't aware for a while for a long time of like the damage that we were all causing until like you begin to research and look at it and some people don't even want to look at it because they know and they just don't want to admit it I know Um, but it is really scary when you when you look at it I mean I didn't realize I mean did you watch Seaspiracy yeah I mean I just didn't realize the the how awful the fishing industry was until I watched it I just was so I only ate fish up until then and honestly I haven't eaten fish since and that was yeah that was the turning point I couldn't believe it I was like oh my gosh I I mean there's been a few contradictory comments about whether it's all the facts are true and all that kind of stuff but I mean the gist is there yeah oh definitely I think yeah lots of people are saying that there's like a political angle on it isn't there and Mm. but I think it all makes you know there might be slight thing I don't know but I, I found it very compelling and really upsetting particularly that you know the evidence was in sort of that whale that, that whale slaughter I couldn't even mm. watch that that was just no. beyond horrific um, awful it yeah, really was just, you just don't want to be a part of that do you no, no I I completely agree I completely agree it is just really really scary and I think we are quite lucky in the UK where supermarkets are quite good in general like I've just come back from being in New York and um I went to some of the supermarkets and it is very different and it got me to go there to realize like wow we are quite good in the UK like everything is fresher or I don't know I think America's obviously a huge huge place but I think generally Mm. the UK is quite good but Mm. um yeah we don't want to really be a part of all of all of the other stuff definitely although I think um I think what we're not as good at is all the organic stuff yes like when I went to when I last went to America I was really impressed with 
the amount of organic produce that you could get so easily whereas it's Mm -hmm. so hard to find here true and it's also a lot more expensive yeah a lot more Mm because um we try to eat organic as much as possible Mm -hmm. um you know veggies and stuff um and if we were having meat we'd definitely want it to be organic and it's just so hard to find so true so so true that actually leads me on to the next question I had about there's a lot at the moment about eating locally and seasonally is that something that you try and do or I mean like the whole avocado thing at the moment and like all that kind of stuff is that kind of like on your radar or yeah so I I mean back when I was started doing a few of the um supper clubs that I did I really wanted to make sure that I was focusing on seasonal ingredients and I'm not you know I'm not a chef I've not Mm. I've not studied food or sort of I've never grown my own food so it was I was really going into the unknown yeah and I tried to sort of get up you know get some information then and and I and I did do that with my menus but um you know for instance if you ask me now what's in season apart from sort of the obvious things I couldn't really tell you but also of course it's obvious that you know mango isn't yeah and avocados and and Mm. never grown here Yeah, yeah um I don't think no no I don't think so um you never know now with all the labs I know (laughs) so true um but yeah it's it's a tough one isn't it I think I think really we again environmentally it makes sense we should all just eat seasonally and locally but also at the same time because I love my food oh that would be quite depressing I feel like in England we just produce potatoes and swede and carrots and I've eaten stews and that's just not my type of food no I'm the same I'm the same well I um subscribe to Oddbox so Uh, yes yeah so I do get a delivery every other week of obviously what's in season and that helps but when it arrives I'm like another swede like Like, yeah no. <laughs> yeah what do I do with sweet yeah it's like mm. oh god so yeah I am with you I mean again I think it's about balance I think it's good to be aware but you can't live your life in in a world that we're in now where everything is a lot easier and quicker you can't live your life just eating sweet <laughs> well that's the problem we've all been sort of introduced to these ex- exotic foods and it's hard to get, turn back from that isn't it like that's our really? taste buds now they're yeah. tuned into mango and avocado and you know all those things whereas I guess our you know ancestors they were perfectly happy on potatoes and yeah. sweet but you know yeah. the, the things that I'm feeding Acer at the moment he's one of his favorite foods is avocado yeah um, it's such a good food for babies and weaning because obviously it's mushy and obviously it's yeah. such high like good fats and calories it's great and um, as I was giving it to him even my mum said she said I never gave you this that avocados just weren't in the supermarkets even 30 years ago when I was wow. baby that is amazing actually when you think about it like that mm. that is crazy and you mentioned your supper club so um how did they work like that so cool like did you do them for charities did you do them for friends like how how did they work so I was basically at the time on Hollyoaks and was just feeling like I wanted to step out of my comfort zone and do mm. something that would really challenge me. Um, and it was something that I'd always wanted to do. So I thought I'd just go for it. And I, I did a few of them. They were extremely stressful. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, extremely stressful. It gave me a real, I mean, before I went into acting, I worked in restaurants in terms of like being a waitress and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I had a little bit of an insight to see how like kitchens worked and how stre- high 
you know stress point it can be live, working in a kitchen um and then I sort of forgot about it I think before saying I'd do a supper club and then like remembered very quickly mm-hmm. um but I think a few of my menus, my first menu was based on, oh, yeah, based on seasonal produce. So I, I focused on one uh, local vegetable that was in season at the time, which was mm. artichoke. Oh, wow. So all of my... Um, all of my courses featured artichoke in different ways. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, and it, it went well, but it wasn't... Um, it was a quite a small affair that affair that one and I was really glad because mm-hmm. it wasn't my best and I it, I had I needed another go at it yeah and then I think my next two after that were um film themed so I mm. I I showed a screening of a film I did Forrest Gump and uh Legends not the Will Smith one it's the one about the twin uh the Cray twins okay that, um Tom Hardy was in and I served food that was either being shown in the film during oh, the film, wow. um, but with like my own take on it, or was sort of from the place that the film was based in. That's really, really cool. That yeah, really I was cool. I was really proud of it, and particularly my I mean both menus I was I was proud of, but particularly the um legend one because I did a sort of um of of for a starter I did like a fry up it was with like a 63 degree poached egg and um, a mushroom puree and it was it was lovely and then I did a a sage and gorgonzola mash with um, aubergine and ale pie wow that sounds insane yeah it was really it was it was lovely and I served it with a little guinness as well oh Um, that's so cool yeah was it all like for friends or was it like tickets or like it was tickets it was it I sold tickets um and you know the other thing that is the main reason I've not really done it since is because it costs a lot of money to put on yeah and it's, you know, I'm sure you know this from being an, an entrepreneur and a businesswoman that it's so hard to sell, to sell. Yeah. Like it's, and it really stressed me out. And I felt like I was in a good position to do it because I was in Hollyoaks at the time and my Instagram mm. followers were quite high. Um, but they don't necessarily equate to ticket sales. And as much as yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I, I was, I had numbers there. It wasn't as fruitful as I hoped it would be. And I mm. only just about, didn't like lose money yeah so um I sort of left it there and thought I'll probably leave it to the pros next time and just be a guest and I'm glad I I'm glad I did it and I experienced it and it taught me a lot you know I had moments where I'd served up all the food and I, there was four plates that were empty oh my gosh stop yeah oh my gosh it's and, so and we had to think on our feet and we ended up serving something and it was fine but yeah it's it's stressful it is stressful like I've done a few events um for greedy vegan just kind of a PR event and another event and I prepared all the food in my flat and then went down and served it all and oh my god it is so stressful like I was running up and down like a crazy person like cooking for your family is one thing but putting on an event or a supper club is a whole different ball game (laughs) so different and that is the difference isn't it between cook and chef yes definitely like I'm a I'm a passionate cook that's quite confident in my own kitchen, but obviously what a chef does is just it's it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Do you think you'll be putting on any other supper clubs soon or in the future? 
I, what I would what 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 the massive lesson that I learned from it is that I love designing menus. I mm. love coming up with ideas. I love all the creative creativity part of it. Um, but I think I would leave the cooking to the professionals. <laughs> so yeah. even though you know I like to think I'm capable, I'm not in that environment, and it's just too high stress. And actually, I need to leave it to the pros. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would like to sort of overlook it all so maybe maybe in the future if an opportunity arose where there was a good venue and I had a team that I could work with but um I think for me to just do it all on my own is just too much I mean I cooked for I cooked for 45 people on my own I mean that's crazy yeah it is crazy I was prepping for about four days prior I mean prep is key I think that is like the one thing I mean I had a um caterer on here once and she does lots of different things and she was just saying prep is so key and I just thought yeah but not for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a long time it's a a long long time it's worth it when you're there and you see everyone's reaction and they're eating your food and they're really happy and Mm. you've done a really good job like obviously that's so satisfying but no it's hard it's a lot yeah yeah no it, it, it is a lot I do find feeding people one of my biggest joys I do I really do but um I don't yeah maybe maybe a week's prep isn't quite worth it particularly when you're in the kitchen still cooking for them I want to sit at the table and see all their reactions exactly exactly and like everyone's like well how was did you have a really good time it's like not really like I was so stressed not really did you enjoy the food (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly no it's so stressful um so you actually mentioned this earlier but um it is the question that I also ask everyone um what would your last meal be <laughs> uh, I mean do you want me to get my notes out ah! I've got it written down <laughs> oh my god I, yes like this is like my favorite question you could ever ask me it's one of mine which is why I ask is everyone it? on the podcast I'm like what is it because it's so interesting hearing different people's opinions I always put a lot of thoughts into this um although I am going to say that it's recently changed because at my Hindu last weekend um my fiance was asked, what's my favourite meal? And his answer was actually wrong, but I felt like he knew me better than I did. Oh my gosh. Okay, you're going to have to give me yours and then his. Okay, so mine, I'm gonna, I feel like I'm going to sound very pretentious. No, that's fine. It's to... your last meal. It's okay. Exactly. This is my last meal. So I'm, and I'm, I'm having a pre-starter of oysters oh, yeah. and champagne. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. And also all plant based has gone out the window because it's my last meal <laughs> yes that's fine then um my starter would be um japanese dim sum oh good yes, one different steamed dumplings mm-hmm. um then my main would be i've actually put three or four pasta dishes from padella oh wow what are they I haven't I haven't actually put the specifics you know but okay. they'd definitely be their cacio e pepe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and they I think they do like a crab a crab one which is amazing okay, um, and amazing. then I've put a side of their burrata swimming in olive oil I've got swimming <laughs> that's 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 essential <laughs> I love how you're reading this off your notes this is amazing <laughs> I, to be honest there's way more detail but I'm cutting it out because I'm too embarrassed <laughs> I'm like it's too much so my dessert would be I'm I'm going a bit more mainstream here a, a kinder bueno cookie dough oh wow I mean kinder bueno when I was growing up was my favorite favorite chocolate bar have you had it in a cookie dough no oh <gasps> oh wow is it amazing 
Told you, you haven't lived. I need you to need, have it. I need yeah, to you need it. to. It's so. I think you can get vegan ones from. Um, I think like creams do them. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I definitely had this. one. And then I'm having a post dessert cheese board. Oh with yeah. The detail is with a minimum of eight cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> mostly consisting of the creamiest cheeses but with a few nutty ones and one stinky blue served with nothing else I hate anything else don't want crackers I just want a large glass of dessert wine that is amazing I think this is the best last meal I've had <laughs> it's the detail this it is, is the, so good it is the detail but the one that my fiance said was garlic bread with cheese to start which I do love a garlic bread with cheese yeah mm-hmm and then he said, um, Maine, that I'd have Thai, which I do love Thai. I think I need to yeah. incorporate that into my, I need to do another draft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then dessert-wise, this is where I think he might have picked the post. I had a tiramisu from a restaurant on Charlotte Street called Norma. Have you heard of Norma? Oh, my God. It's amazing. I don't How know good is it? Did I have you have had I... the tiramisu, though. Oh, the tiramisu. Oh my goodness! I've ne- I don't even really tiramisu isn't my kind of dessert. No, but no. wow, it knocked my socks off, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Oh wow! Okay, I need to try that because I do like a tiramisu. I mean, I am intolerant to dairy, but sometimes I just think you got to do, do what you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Life so, is too short. I'll deal mm-hmm. with consequences. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes I do enjoy a tiramisu. I need to try that. That sounds really good. It was incredible. Like I genuinely, I'm not even being, I'm not exaggerating. I think I've thought about it every day and I, since, and I went like before Christmas. Wow. Okay. Mm. I need to try that. I love that restaurant. I thought Norma was amazing. It was really Yeah. What good. did you have? Did you have the, um, so they, we had like a set menu. Oh no. So I chose, well, a friend of mine had their aubergine parmigiana, which was like amazing but it was like kind of swimming in not swimming but it was like kind of based on a cheese sauce right which, so I couldn't have that but I did try the top part of hers and it looked amazing it tasted amazing yeah. and I had to be honest I don't really know what they described it as but it was like a lot of vegetables with an Italian twist but it was very nice is it because is it not as good for veggie because at the time I wasn't veggie and I think I had fish mm, it was I think there are some good pastas Right. Um, there are some good pastas, which I didn't have, but I think I was with two others and they had pasta and it looked amazing. So okay. I think it is, but I mean, my dish was incredible and everyone said the same about that. Okay. So yeah. I think it was, yeah. It's a well, good, well, that is an amazing last meal. Wow. Thank you. I mean, it's made me very hungry. I feel like I just I need, to get, <laughs> I need to go and get that tiramisu now. I know, I think the same. I'm definitely going to try that next time. That is yeah, amazing. Please do let me know what you think. I will. Well, thank you so much for talking all things food. I find it fascinating to get different people's perspectives. So thank you for giving me the time to speak about it all. It was so interesting. No worries. It's like my dream to speak about food. So thank you. <laughs> You're so, so welcome. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed hearing from Daisy as much as I love talking to her. It's so great to hear from another passionate foodie and there was a lot to take away from this, whether it's restaurant recommendations, films to watch, just love the whole thing. So I hope you did too and I'll see you again next week. (laughs) 